All right, here we go. The 28th of November edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show, uh, calendar year 2023, as far as I can tell. Uh, very exciting show. We got a couple of awesome guests today scheduled. The first time on the show, uh, Dr. Hadar is coming. Uh, oh, well, she's in Florida right now, but good Lord, does she have an interesting background. I'm going to love in, in interviewing her uh acupuncture and more so we're, we got a lot of holistic healing on the on tap today um one of the bizarre stories super don is sending my way is that fauci somehow believes in choice now <laughs> what is that what kind of weirdness is that also bobby ann cox is back on the robert scott bell show she's the attorney that sued governor kathy hochel and the new york government about the unlawful unconstitutional quarantining of anybody for anything and uh they they won and basically Hochul and them appealed and then they said well yeah you don't have standing to sue so we're going to get an update on what's going on in New York State where I came onto this planet many years ago I'm glad I'm not there but Bobby Ann Cox is fighting the good fight there so we'll talk to her as well and uh, we got a homeopathic hit of the day uh, ladies if you're dealing with uh, cancer issues sp female specific issues you might you want to hear about this also men with the prostate you're going to hear about this one a homeopathic hit of the day it's all listed at robertscatbell.com where you can sign up for free newsletter and more we've got our zoom ama for patron supporters uh tomorrow we'll talk about that as well and a little bit from the greenhouse so let's get this healing party started right about now the robert scott the bell robert show. scott bell show The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, it's the fear-mongering of the mainstream pharmaceutically conflicted media. Uh, we will uh, do our best, as we always do, to counteract that fear-mongering and empower you with information, education, uh, irreverence, too, as it relates to... Uh, the latest uh, uh, you know, pig flu scare, if we can go there. Yeah, we'll get there in a moment. I know it's not very kosher, but hey, what the heck? We got to cover it. Uh, but before we get there, uh, as I said, uh, we've got a lot to do. Great couple of guests. Uh, one of them we've never had on. Dr. Hadar is joining us uh, in, a, in a few minutes. Uh, we'll talk not only acupuncture, but all kinds of holistic integrative medicine, et cetera, empowering you with good, good really solid information and then an hour two bobby ann cox returns attorney she's de you know defeated kathy hochel and the evil empire of new york government on uh quarantines out of the blue for nothing for nowhere and wow and they they appealed and apparently said that the people who sued hochel had no standing what's next what does this mean what does this portend they're good people standing up for health freedom and healing liberty and we like to spotlight them here even if they're in New York. <laughs> All right, I was born in New York. I don't know. That's so why I got out. I got out at six, and I'm glad I'm out. But uh, for those that are still there fighting the good fight, Bobby Ann Cox joins us an hour or two. Now, Super Don, if you don't mind, just want to give some people uh, uh, updates on gardening in the winter. For those of you who are in Florida, like I used to be for many years, uh, I'd be harvesting stuff outside right now. Like eight years ago, I got a reminder I was harvesting green beans, beautiful green beans. I can't do that outside now. It's snow on the ground, but I did harvest my carrots after the first snow, some of them, uh, which was put in the turkey soup following Thanksgiving. And they're delicious. But most everything else has gone indoors to the greenhouse. I, I think I took a few pictures yesterday when I was out there watering the greenhouse so we could show yes, folks. Yes, you did. There, there it is. Oh, look at this. Now, this is the Swiss chard. 
And we had been growing this all summer through throughout the summer. And rather than starting from seed, these these guys were still wanting to give us stuff. So we harvested them and took the stumps, so to speak, the roots, replanted them in uh, one of the beds in the garden in the greenhouse. And look how it's exploded again with growth. So we're getting a lot of bang for the buck in our efforts in terms of growing during the summer, took them into the greenhouse, and they're giving us even more deliciousness. Uh, so there's our Swiss chard uh, fall season. Here's a beautiful head of lettuce. You see a red leaf lettuce that uh, was growing right behind it. Somebody gifted us an aloe plant, uh, but aloe doesn't normally grow up here in the winter. So we have it in the greenhouse, just in its little thing there. Uh, let's see what else we got growing. These are the onions aren't ready for harvesting at any point in time. And those have been growing for quite a while, even through the summer. You can use the greenhouse. You open it up so it doesn't overheat. I mean, my goodness, even if it's in the teens outside, this thing on a sunny day, You'll go in there. My glasses fog up immediately how hot it gets in there. And it's completely solar passive. That is, you see the sun from the south facing in through that double walled uh, kind of, uh, I don't I forget what it's called, twin wall corrugated something. And the, the sunlight comes through and it heats up the, the buckets filled with, I say buckets, but it's the same thing you see there underneath it filled with water. And that takes the sun's energy, warms up during the day and then dissipates it slowly overnight, even on super cold days. So it's a very thermal kind of a solar, uh, no energy input in terms of electricity or other things, artificial. All right, let's see what do we got. A couple of other uh, things here. Uh, these are some garlic we planted. You can see the garlic sprouts sprouting up as well. And right in the back, there was a potato that apparently we didn't harvest. I missed and it's coming up. So we'll have some more potatoes coming out of that through the winter. That's uh, the last see, one. There. Was that the last one? Yep. Okay, cool. Well, there you go. A little bit of a tour of my greenhouse. Uh, as we're in the fall season now, and I'm excited to be able to harvest and, and get some more good stuff and show you that even even I, even Super Don, can grow stuff. For those I don't have you, the greenhouse yet. Not yet. I haven't, haven't, haven't graduated to the greenhouse. but uh, Well, and the funny story about that is, for those of you who are new, uh, we uh, consulted with a guy who builds greenhouses for this in this area last, I got 10, 15 years or 20 years now. And it's important to find somebody with tribal knowledge on a local level because every environment is different. Elevation, there's a lot of factors that go into uh, proper greenhouse if you want to do one with low or no energy input in terms of our artificial. And so uh, we had him help help us out and we asked him, please come early every day so that I, me, RSB can help you to build it. And apparently he wasn't a morning person. <laughs> Very nice guy, but he would show up right when I have to go on the air. And so my wife, who is not the builder, was the assistant builder of these greenhouses for the most part. And she All did right. a great job, although it was, uh, you know, over her head, literally in many ways, but she did great. And it can be done. You can get the plans, build it yourself, whatever, but consult somebody locally to give you some insight and in how to do it properly. Now with that, Super Don, thank you for indulging me in a little bit mm -hmm. of greenhouse discussion. Yes, sir. Uh, a couple of stories to open today relate to the fear mongering. Again, fear porn all the time in the winter. It used to be flu shot season. Now it's like, let's frighten you from the next thing uh, coming from China. And in this case, we see uh, Britain now detects the first human case of flu strain similar to a pig virus. Now, this ought to upset anybody who tries to keep kosher. It's like, how are you going to how are you going to keep this out of you? But the idea that it these um, these things that cause so-called congestive symptoms, uh, influenza like manifestations are 
viral proteins from the animal kingdom or the human kingdom at all, or from a lab in China, uh, which would be more accurate in many cases when we talk about toxicological burdens on the immune system. The idea that viruses are the cause of disease, of course, is very much in dispute here and has been for a long, long time since we figured out the scam of HIV related to AIDS. And we got that coming up, I think, this Friday is the World AIDS Fraud Day or HIV Fraud Day. So if I look at these uh, viral uh, associations, so to speak, they've not found a virus caught in the act of doing anything in a living body. When they take fluids from the body and they can, yeah, look, bacteriological analysis is real. You can take a urine sample, analyze it and go, hey, look, there's some there's some E. coli. There's some strange stuff growing in here that should be growing. But when it comes to viruses, they have to take that sample and do, I don't know what we call it, a chemical gymnastics to alter whatever those fluids are, adding chemicals, spinning, centrifuging, changing this, changing that. And by the time they get to the point where they extract it and take a picture under an electron microscope of a virus or they claim it is, if it took you that much to find it, how could it be the overwhelming source of all your problems? I ask that very sincerely. And that comes back to the law of the terrain versus the germ theory, specifically to what we call viruses. And the origin of the word virus is toxin or poison. And when it comes to toxin or poison, that's real. And when we talk about the controversy of uh, plasmid, DNA plasmid type contamination, uh, purposeful in, in this case of finding uh, snake venom peptide genetic sequences, as, as Dr. Artis has said, that makes a hell of a lot more sense to me than some protein is going in and taking over your body cells and replicating and spewing out a zillion copies. And yet when they go to in the blood and they say, well, we can't find it unless we do this and this and this and this. And, this. and there, there it is way down there a little bit. I'm just saying it's a, it, yeah, I know it can be confusing, but I'm putting it out there. So you're not afraid of the, the virus scare, but you are cognizant of the toxicological burdens we all face on this planet at this point. And if you happen to be breathing the air in China, like they are apparently in this area of uh, China, now they're saying it's happening in Europe. Here they go again, right? Fears rise over an outbreak in China, a mysterious surge of illnesses in children. And we've, we've seen the predictions coming out to say, hey, it's going to be the kids this time. It's going to be the kids. We got to frighten you because the COVID scare didn't get you kids scared enough or the parents scared enough to get their kids jabbed. A lot of them did, and they're suffering now. But they need to target children with something. So I would argue, again, another purposeful toxicological poisoning or in the sense of an inadvertent, let's take advantage of the news cycle in an area of China where the pollution is heavy, the inversion layers in the winter is settling down, and these kids are out there <gasps> breathing it like they're smoking six packs of cigarettes a day. And then you wonder why they have lung problems. Now, if you have pneumonia, of course, we know that uh, that is, a, uh, you know, not the first thing that happens. It's sort of like after this, this and this, and you're not able to eliminate the debris from a successful immune intervention from even a bacterial issue. The body will be compromised, especially when allopathic medicine suppresses the normal immune response and intoxicates the liver and the kidneys and the lymph and the colon. And therefore, the toxicological burden rises and those pathways are corrupted. And then guess what? The body goes, hey, we got another out. We're out. It's called the lungs. And we start dumping this stuff into the lungs, fluid, mucus, and you got uh, uh, coughing. And if you haven't that clarity to clear it clearly because of the liver and kidney compromise, now you have a growth medium for what they'll call a pneumonia infection, most likely bacterial. And at that point, then they give you 
uh, prednisone, who knows what antibiotics, even though they might claim it's viral. Boy, they don't care. They throw anything at it. How about nebulizing silver? How about nebulizing copper? These are the things we do. How about homeopathic remedies for the lungs and the immune response, the fever, the phosphorus, things like that. This is the kind of stuff you won't hear about as they make pronouncements of be afraid, be very afraid of pig flu or some new China thing, lab or not. But exposure to toxic poisons in the air can affect the lungs of even children, especially if they've been immunocompromised due to previous use of antibiotics and or other vaccines, much less if they're eating glyphosate contaminated foods because their parents don't know how important it is yet to eat organically grown foods. Even as they aren't perfect, they are a lot better as I've raised my children organically and they've never had an antibiotic nor a vaccine. And they aren't chronically ill like I was and my wife was because we were raised pharmaceutically and medically. So with that, let's bring on our new friend, Dr. Hadar. And the last name, Elbaz, as I say it, because we didn't practice the last name, uh, Dr. Hadar, but welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you so much for having me here, Robert. Yes, you got it right, Dr. Hadar Elbaz. It's Elbaz. so nice to meet you. And uh, my goodness, what as I'm reading about your history, whoa, so fascinating. And and you're an athlete extraordinaire. You've done the Ironman twice. Is that true? I've done an Ironman, a Flyerman in Spain, uh, in Barcelona, Spain. And I've done the Jewish Olympics. I've done half Ironmans in California. I've done many, many races all over California, Hawaii, every, different places. So I've been racing and training most of my life. But yeah, I've done a lot. <laughs> so who wins between you and the, the gal, gal Gadot that played Wonder Woman? Can't compete with Gal Gadot. She's definitely a beautiful, unique one by herself. But uh, I am me and I've done all these races and she's an incredible actress and uh, incredible human too. I, I, I love the athletic background. Of course, my mom served in the army way back when in Israel in the early days. She was a, a flight attendant for El Al. She was the first woman to walk in the Negev desert in high heels at that time. After I mean, there's quite history there uh, that we've talked about on this show. Of course, had my mom on as well talking about it. But but it's quite the history of the 20th century she's seen and been witness to. Now, was it something you always had a dream to do to, to grow up to be a holistic doctor of some kind? Because I didn't know about holistic medicine until I heard the word homeopathy at the age of 24. Yeah. So I've actually always wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't really know anything about holistic medicine until I was actually sick after my military service as well. And, I, you know, I wasn't feeling well for a long time after getting so many vaccines and after, of course, not eating organic because in Israel growing up, no one eats organic, although the food is fresh. It's still, I'm sure, filled with pesticides and herbicides and maybe glyphosate and God knows what. But mm -hmm. um, I got really sick. And by sick, I mean, I had, you know, chronic fatigue. My, my spleen was enlarged. So I had a splenomegaly. My lymphatic system was completely swollen. I was completely congested. I was much more, he I was much heavier and just puffy and swollen. And I slept like 16 hours a day and no one could really figure out what was going on. And mind you, I come from a background of running every day and swimming and um, being an athlete. So I have to be very active. And when I, all I wanted to do was sleep and nothing else helped, something really was not right. And going from one doctor to another in Israel and every doctor says, oh, you have nothing. It's all in your head. Take a pill. You're just depressed. And I said, no, I'm not depressed. I'm a happy person. There's something deeper that you guys are not seeing. I don't like that. You're not even giving me the time and day to ask me questions. And all you want to do is mask the symptoms. So that's really opened my eyes. And that's when I discovered, you know, acupuncture, Chinese medicine, iridology, homeopathy, nutrition, all that stuff. And 
really changed everything I was doing and started coming out to the light and reversing everything and being born again. And that's when I wanted to study holistic medicine after being in nursing school. So at first I thought I would be, you know, a nurse to then go to holistic medicine. Um, and I did that and I just did not like it. It definitely wasn't my calling and holistic medicine has been amazing. And then combining it with functional medicine has been something that have, you know, has helped a lot of people and myself including. And it's been a great journey since. When did you uh, avail yourself of, of uh, training in more holistic uh, uh, med- medicine, if I can call it that, acupuncture and others? Did you have to leave Israel and go elsewhere? Yeah, so I did leave Israel to go to school. I was in nursing school in New York City, thousand, and then from there I went to pre-med and then acupuncture school in New York City, and then I transferred to San Diego where I got my master's, and then my doctorate, and then Florida two years ago to finish off more studying, uh, more you know, um, completing classes for injections here in Florida. Um, but I've been practicing for over seventeen years and um, loving it, loving everything holistic for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I speak of these concerns that I have for my friends and family in Israel for a lot of reasons, but um, the, the, they, they don't seem to be as up on the organic concept uh, as far as food be- mattering. I think they, they were enamored very much in the 20th century, as we were in America, with scientific advancements in technology. And at the loss of, of the basic concepts of what it takes to really be healthy, we don't suffer from drug deficiencies or vaccine deficiencies, et cetera. And so we've got a lot of work to do to, to awaken that consciousness in people all over the planet. A hundred percent. Yeah, we definitely don't suffer from a deficiency of antibiotics or glyphosate or any of those things, right? So eating organic is crucial because, you know, glyphosate attacks your gut and it really does create leaky gut. And of course, it's toxic toxic to the brain, toxic to your organs. It's a carcinogen, um, it completely blocks every organ and lymphatic system as well, and your kidneys, your lungs, your liver. So we are unfortunately also very much bombarded with chemtrails and other toxins in the environment. So adding that, if, you are, if you're not eating organic and you're also you know, exposed to all the environmental toxins around you, inhaling that, you are creating a complete chaos in your body and a perfect storm for a weakened immune system and other illnesses, right? Oh, totally. So uh, the openness to this, I, you know, I ask about your family back in Israel. H- have they embraced what you do or do they think now you've left the medical reservation, you're off your rocker? Yeah. So, you know, it's not easy to get organic food in Israel. It's not every store that you have it. It's not available easily. It's definitely not cheap. So eating organic in Israel is not something that's so easy. So no, they eat regular, but they're much, much cleaner eating. They don't eat, you know, junk or sugar or things like that. They make their own food, of course, as usual. They avoid canola, they avoid seed oils as much as possible. So they do learn from me and they do take supplements, proper supplements and avoid as much medication as possible. I did have a big fight with them during the COVID and the vaccine when I said, please don't you dare get the vaccine. And of course they all got it because they have no choice and right. because they were you know so brainwashed about the mrna and how great it is and how non-toxic and not bad it is and it only stays in the site of injection and i said no it doesn't you have no idea how dangerous it is don't take it of course sadly they did but they never took any boosters or anything like that so this is what upset me and i commented on it many times during covid how um you know people have lost uh, 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 you know the critical memory, and I, you know, I talk about Yad Vashem. Never forget. I've been to the the, the museum there, uh, Holocaust Museum in Israel, and I, I was stunned as they were 
like wearing lapels or labels to show that they were injected. And, and there were there were signs, you know, injected, not injected. I like how do the people that were almost eradicated in the 20th century forget so quickly? And then Netanyahu does this thing with with uh, Pfizer and sells out the people. I'm like, what I'm saying here is it isn't unique to Israel because we do it in America, too, where our, we trust our government implicitly when we should be very suspicious. But the Jewish people of all people should know better. A hundred percent. My blood is still boiling of what Netanyahu did and how could they, you know, create the whole green passport like we were back in the day in the Holocaust, wearing the yellow Star of David or the yellow star to say, I am Jewish, I am vaccinated. I mean, I don't understand, just like you said, how could they forget what has happened to the to the Jewish population and they're repeating it in the land of the Jewish people of all? Yeah. It still boils my blood and they never learned and they repeat it. And obviously we know it's big money, big pharma right. and Pfizer pisses me off. Needless yeah, to say. well, yeah, I'm with you and I'm glad you're, you're willing to, st- to speak out about it. I just pray that the people there will wake up. And I know there are some that have. I, I've interviewed folks uh, that are kind of underground there trying to, you know, have a kind of a health freedom movement recognizing. And, and, you know, the point of our, our founders in America, where I was born, uh, the they warned us about implicit trust in government. They said any and every government, even good people could go into government, become corrupted by these power and money grabs and and that we should always limit their behavior or activity to, to, to destroy freedom. And so we're seeing it play itself out here in America and Israel and elsewhere. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we got to get past that, and recognize also the government is not necessarily representative of, of the people very often, you know, and we have to wake up and realize, hey, how do we get this, you know, back in, you know, I put the government in the cage, not the people. Right. The government, unfortunately, it's some, it's a, I I never can trust it, never have trusted, never will trust it. They do everything opposite of what they say. Um, As we've seen, also Israelis have been fighting the government in the last year plus. And unfortunately, that led Israel to completely be blindfolded for what was coming with the whole whole Hamas war and attack on Israel October 7th, um, because they were so preoccupied in fighting Bibi and fighting the whole dictatorship that was happening there. And so they are fighting the government. Of course, they, they don't like the government necessarily, but unfortunately, the government is still in control as much as possible. And unless everybody speaks up, they will continue being in control and continue, um, to, you know, controlling the population. But everybody has to speak up. And unfortunately, some people are still asleep. They will always do what the government says because they think they have their best interest in mind when they really don't. What was the defense at Nuremberg? I was just doing what I was told. I was following orders, folks, and, and people of all the planet. Pay attention to the lessons that we're learning here. And we should have learned in the 20th century. It should have been enough. But I guess each generation has to rewin uh, the concepts of freedom that uh, seemingly people that you would never expect would, would lose or forget that. It, it tells us the danger of turning over our power to government bureaucracies, how they're always ending up purchased and corrupted. Now, uh, I don't want to belabor that discussion, but I do appreciate your candor. I think this is the kind of discussion that needs to happen. People need to hear this, especially if anybody's listening in Israel. I hope you're listening. Uh, but the holistic healing that you've, you know, your journey, your mission, you're doing now in Florida and the States. I don't know if people can contact you and do remote type sessions or is it all hands-on acupuncture needles? Uh, let us know a little bit about it as we let people know at robertscottbell.com today, there's a website called vvibrantglow.com. 
Will you see Dr. Hadar and all that she has to offer there? Is it always or only your services on site where you live in that area or can people reach out to you from all over the world? Yeah, so um, people can reach out to me from all over the world, and I have been reached out from all over the world. Um, you know, when I left California, I had my private practice in California, and it was mainly in person until the days of COVID, when I kind of transitioned my platform, my online, my in-person platform into more online platform of functional medicine. So I kind of dropped when I left California the in-person practice of a clinic and now i do telemedicine um, and i work with the wellness company as well i'm their director of functional medicine where i will be also doing telemedicine appointments for functional medicine and looking at the root cause which is what we do best you know you want to always treat the root cause not mask the symptoms with just medications so i do look at blood work i do look at gut you know testing if needed i do supplements nutrition um, looking just a holistic approach of the person and listening to everything that's going on and really helping it that way. So definitely telemedicine is key for reaching out to me and, you know, they can email me, they can reach out to me on Instagram um, or, or my website, which will also have my Instagram, which is dr.hadarsofia. Um, and it's on there, all the information, but the Vibrant Glow is my website. And then I'm on twc.health slash Hadar. Um, that's also my uh, little uh, page on there that you can follow and see everything we have and my my name and my information on there so definitely reach out to me since i do everything holistic and we also have our medical emergency kit through the wellness company for cases of emergency so for antibiotics and ivermectin and stuff like that if needed the wellness company supplies that as well Excellent. So, uh, Dr. Hadar, I like your focus on food. You're very candid and direct like I am about we got to clean up what goes into our body. And if we go into biblical references to dietary laws, we go to kashrut, kosher, and recognize that, uh, you know, blessing the food is part of it. And I think that's an important part of, of appreciation and gratitude for the gifts of, of life and what sustains us. But is it sacrilegious of me to say, I think they should update the kosher laws to say, you know what, glyphosate doesn't belong in food. Pesticides, genetic engineering are not godly of God. Uh, and, and you know, I, antibiotics. Yes, all of that. I'm like, because I have people say, well, I'm kosher. I'm like, oh, is it organic? Right? Exactly. Back when you said kosher, everything was organic. It was food. Now now it's like, oh, it's such a mess. And, and so few people relative to the, the global population, especially those that are Western oriented and, and uh, you know, adopters of modern medical practices, um, they diminish food as quality, qualitatively as how important it is. Uh, and how eating the wrong kinds of foods, you know, diminish our life force and also bring about symptoms that are, again, not drug deficiency. So right. how do you communicate the importance of food to people of faith as well that say, hey, it's good enough that a rabbi prayed over my food? Right. As you know, Hippocrates always said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Right. Um, kosher is not proper food, in my opinion. It's not organic. It's not antibiotic or hormone free. It's only slaughtered because it, the way they slaughter it, it's still slaughtered. I'm plant-based, so I don't even eat, you know, animal protein. I do some fish occasional, but not like that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's filled with hormones, antibiotics, the way it's raised. Nothing about it is still healthy. Kosher doesn't mean doesn't equal healthy. So if you are kosher, I would still try to look for organic, grass-fed, uh, pesticide-free herbicide free um 
pasture raise, all these things that are more health oriented and not bombarded with chemicals and toxins because you're not doing your body a favor by getting kosher. Maybe a rabbi blessed it, but really what is the difference? And I don't mean to, you know, talk, um, um, what's the word in English? Uh, the Debello effect, I can't even say it. Um, I forget the word in English, but um, help me out here with the English. Well, I mean, I was talking about being quote unquote sacrilegious, right? I'm not trying to, to tick off people who are kosher, uh, but just to recognize that at the time the kosher laws were written, everything was organic. There were no right, synthetic right. chemicals and poisons. Right. And so, uh, like I said, I've not today, yeah, we got to update that, everybody. So you can do kosher, 100%. Organic, but uh, I just don't think it's enough to do kosher only uh, at that point. And I want to let people know that if you're still suffering and you don't know why, look at the quality or the lack of quality in the food you eat. Exactly. And also what I always say, you know, cut out the dairy especially now flu season, cold season, dairy creates a lot of dampness and mucus in your body. And then your lungs store it. And then it weakens your immune system further, right? So if you really want to be healthier, avoid vaccines, number one. And I've heard you say that. Avoid vaccines. Avoid dairy. Even egg whites can be extremely mucus forming. And I don't eat them because they can be so inflammatory. Anything that is mucus forming, like seed oils, like chicken as well, like fried foods, um, dairy, they are all mucus forming and they're all inflammatory. Again, f inflammation creates disease, right? That is the root of all evil, not money. It's mm. inflammation. That's the root of all evil. Um, so avoid that as much as possible. Eat clean. Make sure you exercise, right? Clean your lungs. Take, you know, detoxing herbs and detox your liver, your lungs, your lymphatics, your kidneys, your gallbladder, right? Eat organic. Yeah, amen. And look, uh, you you are on on it, and I love that. And I figured you would when I started reading about you and the athletic endeavors you've done. Are you still staying very active in your athletics? You have time. I am every morning. It's a priority. Um, I don't do Ironman anymore because I don't have time to train seven eight hours a day, right. especially on the weekends. And I've done my Ironman. I drained my adrenals enough. Now I do short sprints, and I just did a five k. I came in second uh, female from my age group and uh, my last races, I've come in second or first, which was really nice. So I'm very grateful for still, you know, being able to have, oh, did I just freeze here? Yeah, you're frozen. I don't know why. You can you can turn your camera off and on. Maybe it'll it'll affect and ha have you back into active yeah, movement mode, hopefully. But uh, uh, yeah, so right. here you are. See if I can hear you. Okay, let's try it again. Bring it on back. Let's see what happens here. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> there it is. A little Yiddish going on. Here. I'm trying to uh, bring it back, but it's not letting me for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. There might be a glitch in the system. Super Don, let me know. Oh, yeah. Super Don says if you can drop and reconnect real quick and we'll continue this conversation. Take a moment. Yes. All right. All right. Thanks, Dr. Hadar will join us again just momentarily. We'll see if we can get, get her back on. And I'm enjoying thoroughly the conversation I'm having with her. And uh, she's a delight. I uh, hope you are as well. Now, uh, remember, there are a lot of cool things that are going on, upcoming events in the new year to plan for, including uh, if you go to the upcoming events tab at robertscatbell.com, you'll see the many events we have planned or in the, and we're growing more and more as we go. But the 2024 Autism Health Summit is happening the 2nd and 3rd of February at the JW Marriott San Antonio Hill Country Resort and Spa, San Antonio, Texas, thanks to Tracy Slepsevic. And you can see all the wonderful people, including my friend, Dr. Andrew Wakefield, Del Bigtree, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, Dr. Brian Hooker, and more. 
Uh, and uh, that'll be in San Antonio, Texas, Groundhog Day and the next day. We also have the Functional Medicine Summit and Expo happening in Atlanta, March 8th through 10th. And I'll be there, Dr. Peter McCullough scheduled, Dr. Jack Wolfson and more. And then we have the third annual Next Steps Conference. And boy, this is amazing. Tia Severino has put on two in a row that have been phenomenal. We got our third one at Lake Lanier Islands Resort again, March 14th through 17th. And that's Atlanta area outside in Buford, Georgia on Lake Lanier Islands Resort for the Next Steps Conference, next-steps.info. Check that out. And uh, as we come back, I think we got Dr. Hadar back on, Superdome. Maybe we can bring her back in, see if everything's good. And there you are. Hooray. <laughs> so sorry. I don't know what happened. And I don't no know worries. what the last thing you heard me say was, but... Um, I think I was talking about me racing. Yes, uh, you won second in your a 5K for your age group. I'm amazed, and and and, and I'm loving that that you're still fit. And this was part of my uh, uh, desire to inspire others, not to annoy them. As I I do kickboxing now, and I often win the challenge of the week each week in the gym. And and uh, it isn't to brag per se, other than to show that even though I was chronically ill for the first 24 years of my life, that I've been able to create life and vitality anew by cleaning up what goes into my body, helping the body remove it, and finding a you know a real passion and mission in life. These are the things that keep you young. Uh, for my mom at 89, it's dancing, although she wants to dance more and like to see her dance more. But she's doing the folium that's keeping her going. And uh, you would love to meet Dr. Bob. Re I'm sorry, I want to call him doctor, but Bob Warren, he's as smart as a doctor, like a Ph.D. level scientist. And he's brought to our attention over the last couple of years, the folium products, the folium PX that came out of Chernobyl uh, in Ukraine when there was that, that nuclear disaster. And it was a pine tree based botanical uh, blend that was counteracting ionizing radiation and heavy metals. Metals, and it's been like the breakthrough botanical for people that have hit the ceiling and go they're like i can't get through this wall what's going on so check out foliumpx.com everybody and we'll get uh bobry along with dr judy mikovitz on the show tomorrow first hour so just heads up on that so dr hadar that's another thing to look at there's always more to learn absolutely always more to learn for sure i love uh, dr judy i heard you talk about dr jack wolfson he's a good friend too yeah, Dr. McCullough at the well at the wellness company. So nice. Now, do you have any events upcoming that you're going to be speaking in person that people can attend? Um, I'm not speaking in person for any upcoming events, but I am attending the A4M event in uh, Vegas next month, actually, for the anti-aging conference. Oh, um, I'll see you there. Oh, oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to be hanging out uh, with my friends from Natural Immunogenics. They make the Argentin 23, the bioactive silver hydrosol, as well as the bioactive copper hydrosol. And oh, yeah. uh, they're wonderful. And I'll hopefully be broadcasting live from A4M in Vegas coming up next month. So that's great. To get to meet you there. Broadcast from there for sure. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a great. How exciting. That's wonderful. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you there. Yes, uh, like that'll it. be amazing. And as far as the community there where you are in South Florida, we were there for 12 years. Uh, is there is there a lot a lot of people that are open? I, I think they are a lot of Floridians because they go down there. Very many of them are very old and they, they make that the new home in their elder years. But they're on so many medications and they don't want to be. Have, have you had a, a lot of influx from that audience as well? I have, yes. I have treated, uh, treated some uh, elderly people here who are on a lot of medications, and they are snowbirds too. So last year, I had some of that during the uh, winter season. Um, but yeah, people are definitely more open here. In California, they were pretty open for holistic remedies as well, although they're much more liberal there, so they were pushing vaccines left and right, unfortunately. But here, thankfully, they're more right, right side, uh, right wing and uh, more open-minded and um, educated about what's going on and refuse the vaccines and they're much 
you know, more um, um, keen for holistic remedies and homeopathics and natural medicine and supplements and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Have you met Dr. Joseph Ladapo, uh, the Surgeon General of Florida, working with the governor? I haven't met him. I know of him, but I haven't met yeah, him. Yeah, his wife is cool. I've had them both on. And, of course, he's getting a lot of flack because he's uh, an allopathic physician who's very holistically oriented. I think I credit that. to his wife that really pushed him that way. But he's very uh, open-minded and willing to learn. And he stood strong against the uh, indiscriminate, mandatory kind of injection frenzy that took place during COVID. And I respect him immensely for that. 100%. Likewise. And also uh, our amazing governor DeSantis and his wife, they're so anti, I should say pro common sense yes. <laughs> more than anything. So it's great to have such a great governor here. I hope he stays governor, to be honest. But we'll Yeah, that's what I, I've said this about Florida. What would happen if Governor DeSantis is no longer governor? Because he was very strong and is very strong in a lot of good things. And yet that allows the people to kind of kick back and go, hey, we got it all covered up there, right? What happens when a administration changes? Are the people ready for that? Whereas in some states, it wasn't like, most states, it wasn't like that. And the people had to rise up and push the government. And I think that long-term, that's a better strategy. And Florida might have to learn that if, Go if Governor DeSantis becomes president or runs, I don't know what's gonna happen, but he's got a good track record in Florida overall. He's got an amazing track record here. I really hope he stays. So let's see. But I do hope to get a Republican president, Trump, or who knows what's to come. Nikki Haley, I don't know who is actually going to be the nominee for the Republican. Um, yeah, we don't know. And Bobby Kennedy is an interesting candidate as well. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah. But I, my, my hope and wish, if you will, and prayer for America, my home country, is that we wouldn't care who the president was because we've we put the checks and balances back into play where nobody can be a dictator, the Congress, the, the judiciary and the presidency, where they have very limited authority, except that which is granted to them in the Constitution. Then they can do little or no damage, which was the intent of writing that Constitution. And we've lost our way. It's not just people in Israel lost their way with their government. We've lost it here. We've got to do better. Exactly. Yes, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Indeed. So do you have a, a, a whole family, a gaggle of kids? I don't know anything more about your background. Um, I actually don't have kids. I was married before. Um, hope to be married again, but uh, no kids. Uh, you know, it's funny if you're asking that that kind of question. You know, in my dating life after I was married, um, it's always been an issue with dating people who have kids or want to have kids and they're pro-vaccines because I've always right. been pro-science and they used to call me the anti-vaxxer but i was just pro-common sense i've studied it i know what's in them i know how dangerous they are and how toxic i would never want to have a needle anywhere near my children or myself except for acupuncture needles or you know vitamin injections and stuff like that but never a vaccine so it's always been a battle for me so mm -hmm. you know finding someone who is that holistic today is easier back in the day it was much more difficult because people were much more asleep and yeah. they looked at me as like you're crazy for not wanting to vaccinate don't you know that it saved uh, all humanity and it eradicated polio and i was like oh no. yeah they don't know <laughs> they don't know they've they bought into the religion of science which is a cult uh and, and, and so dr hadar there's we had super don remind me we had somebody on that had set, established uh like a dating app that was for pure bloods people that weren't injected and, and right and yes. and it was but they got deplatformed as an app so they had to go online to provide that service of connecting people that believe similarly 
about their health and healing and natural medicine. Dr. Hadar just said it was called injected. Oh, you know, oh, I missed it. Okay. Sorry. Injected. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an option as well. And, and to your point, how many times have I said this super Don over the years, if, if you get married, you could be of different faith, you know, a Jew could marry Christian vice versa, and you could be fine with that. But if you believe differently about vaccines, that's it's a, the, it's a deal breaker. That's yeah. a deal breaker. Don't yeah. do that. The kids are going to suffer anything like that. If the kids become pawns worse than normal, if there is a normal to that. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there for everybody to consider as well. If you're thinking of getting married, please be on the same page on the medicine front and the vaccine front. More important than just about everything. A hundred percent. And so now it comes down to, you know, someone has to be pro-Israel, right? I'm Jewish, I'm Israeli, pro-Israel, not pro-Palestine, thank you very much. Um, And you can be pro-Palestine in the sense of free Palestine from Hamas, but don't go pro-Palestine and anti-Israel, please, right? You got to be, you know, common sense, not vaccinated, you know, no vaccines, no pro-vaccines, and really more holistic in your approach, right? So it's got to be, the list of the list continues to grow and I know what I like and I know what I don't like, so I'm not compromising on it. But even when I had a Jewish um, who was vaccinated in his pro vaccine, that just doesn't work. No, None of this no. works. No. I run right away. It just doesn't work. So yeah, I don't even waste my time. I don't even go on the, any online, the apps. I'm good. I think okay. I'm good when it comes to the dating stuff, but um, yeah, I'm not ever again marrying um, just to get, you know, I was married for love, of course, but I'm not just getting married to get married. It has to be right with the right person and uh, same page. Well, all the best on that. And I appreciate you very much. And now you're part of the Robert Scott Bell show family. Uh, If you have anything to to share, you want to just chime in, you can reach out to us or through our buddy, Kevin, associate producer helps book the guests and such. And uh, you're a bright light and doing great work there in Florida. And for people around the country, around the world that hear this, you can again, go to the website, which we have here up on the screen. And the website is called the vibrant glow.com. And you can connect with Dr. Hadar there. And we'll look forward to uh, meeting you in person at the uh, uh, A4M in a couple of weeks. weeks. Yeah. I look forward to it. Yes, I can't wait. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll email before so I can find you. It's going to be thousands of people. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, it will. So you definitely look for the Argentin 23 booth. But uh, we'll look forward to seeing you stay connected. And hopefully, we can share contact information as well. Thank you, Diana. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on here. I appreciate it. And now I can do the, my little Hebrew and say Shalom Lehitrot. Shalom Lehitrot Vetoda Rabba. Toda Rabba, All right, that's Dr. Hadar on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Wonderful, uh, wonderful visit. Appreciate that very much. Thank you again, Kevin, for connecting us to another great interview, another great healer out there that you can avail yourself of her services moving forward. Uh, for those of you who are in South Florida, that's where she's mostly located. But again, as she said, online uh, access as well. Now, we have homeopathic hits as we do every day when we go live on the show. Today is a pretty intense remedy, and uh, it, it'll relate to cancer, specifically female uh, cancers, but also for men with prostate. But if you got a uterine and, and uh, uh, issues, this is a remedy you'll want to know about. So, Super Don, if you don't mind it, let's do the homeopathic hit of the day. all of the homeopathic hits every day right here on the robert scott bell show all right today's homeopathic hit is conium conium 
And uh, super, I got to figure out how to get all, oh, I see that thing that was in my way. But conium is a, a really a, a dramatic remedy. It, it is. And if you know its origin, you'll understand why as I reveal it in a moment. But special thanks to our folks, our friends at Trinity School of Natural Health, as well as uh, the uh, Nutritional Frontiers. And of course, Folium PX for making all of these things possible, including the homeopathic hits as we go into this very very specific remedy that is uh, intense. Why? The remedy, and this is underselling it, the remedy for gradual weakness and stiffness. But if we go into conium, you learn that it is a lot more intense than I can cover in a brief time, but we're going to try. Issues related to aging and glandular disorders. Uh, Now, what is conium? It's known as hemlock. You all have heard of the hemlock, right? It's been used as a toxic poison to kill people. My gosh, is that an intense botanical or what? Well, it's natural, but it can kill you. Yeah, we acknowledge that. The dose is in the poison, the poison is in the dose. But homeopathically, hemlock can become a wonderful remedy known as conium maculatum as a plant. Historically notorious for poisonous properties, but in homeopathy, it's used in its highly diluted form for its therapeutic effect, particularly on conditions of muscle weakness, glandular swellings, and I'm going to say even cancer of the uterus. Yeah, I said it. All right. I said it. Now, the the key characteristics when we go to physical properties, it's known for its effectiveness in treating gradual physical weakness, especially in the elderly, but also used for glandular swellings. Issues like benign prostatic hyperplasia, BPH. Additionally, it may be indicated in cases of dizziness or vertigo, particularly when these symptoms worsen with movement. When we go into mental states, we'll look at uh, slowness of thought, difficulty in concentration, general feelings of emotional dullness or apathy. I mean, these are also states when you're severely or chronically ill, including in the cancerous states. So when we look at some of these primary uses, including muscular weakness and stiffness, Uh, It's not just the elderly, but it's pronounced there as well. But prolonged periods of inactivity, you just you just don't have the energy anymore. Glandular disorders often indicated conditions like swollen glands, uh, benign uh, prostatic issues as well, and uh, helpful for ovarian and uterine disorders, including cancers. In the case of vertigo, especially when it worsens upon turning over in bed or changing position. So these are, again, indications that you might look at conium as a remedy that could be a benefit for you. Now, as I said, I can never in these brief hits on on homeopathy go into the depth that I would like to with you. But the point is to open your mind, eyes, ears, heart to say, hey, maybe there's something here that's just resonating and I need to look further into it. So even if you do a search for conium, C-O-N-I-U-M, homeopathic, and Boriki for the uh, Materia Medica that I use, B-O-E-R-I-C-K-E. You can begin to explore that one remedy so you're not overwhelmed with hundreds. And just look at the picture, the symptom picture, and see if it matches up what you might need. Dosage and potencies, low potency, 6X, 10X, 12C, 30C. I mean, you can utilize these more frequently in a chronic undoing of, uh, you know, even uh, cancerous scenarios, perhaps. Uh, whereas the medium to high potencies, I typically would have you uh, look to a homeopathic practitioner to work that way. So there's not a healing aggravation or no impact. And you think, well, it's not working. So I, we're going to throw out four adjunct remedies to consider. Because this is serious stuff, hemlock, a.k.a. conium, dealing with very serious issues here. So a remedy we haven't covered yet to my memory is Burrita Carbonica. And I love this remedy because it's the remedy for people who can literally walk 
through walls. I mean, if you ever met people that are that tough, nothing phases them. They got adrenals stronger than Atlas. Uh, but that's the, the body type that often could benefit by burrito carbonica. But it's used with conium for elderly patients in cognitive and, and physical dec decline. Phosphorum, phosphoricum acetum. That's not phosphorus, phosphoric acetum. Useful in cases of emotional and physical debility, particularly after grief or loss, could be an adjunct to look into. And I'm going to throw the male and the female remedies at you right here. Sabal, which you know of the Sal Palmetto, often indicated for prostate issues. And Simisifuga racemosa or Actia racemosa, which we covered recently on a homeopathic hit, focused on women-specific health issues, including ovarian and uterine. So we're giving you some options here to look into when you're dealing with female-specific issues and some adjuncts. Now, it's advisable if it's a very serious issue, you want to use conium to consult with a whole holistic healthcare provider of your choice or a homeopath. And in case of significant health problems, please get seek out help for you. Concluding now with conium as a reminder, valuable homeopathic remedy, particularly effective for treating gradual weakness, stiffness, and certain glandular disorders, including prostatic for men and ovarian for women issues. So keep tuning in to the Robert Scott Bell Show for more homeopathic hits. And remember, this is not to replace your doctor if you want one. It's not to treat, cure, prevent anything because you're not allowed to apparently in America, the land of the free. But it is to provide you with education and information so you can make fully informed decisions about the care of your health and the health of those you love most dearly. Your spouse, your mom, your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, your kids, your grandkids, etc. And I appreciate you guys not only bearing with me as I do these homeopathic hits, but enthusiastically supporting us for them. And you can do that because each day Superdon makes that PDF available for you to review and share and print out whatever and save. How much does it cost? Nothing. Just share the show. If you don't mind, that would help. And even better, if you could become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell show, we really appreciate that as little as five bucks a month goes a long way to help us continue to grow and and keep up with the things that happen from time to time you can't account for. And our Patreon page, there's a link, a banner at robertscatbell.com. In fact, for those of you who want to sign on today, you'll join us tomorrow after the show, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the next AMA, Ask Me Anything. That's going to be Wednesday, November 29th, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And it's a live on Zoom. So we interface, it could see one another if you'd like. And you can ask me questions, super Don questions. I can ask you questions. And then we do fun giveaways. Speaking of fun giveaways, super Don, I was on with Dr. Jack, James Lyons-Weiler with the IPAC crew. And good Lord, a smarter bunch of people you'd be hard-pressed to find in one place. And I mentioned you. I was like, they did. You mentioned me. Yeah, because they did trivia questions to win stuff like we do. Oh. But dude, they were PhD level. I'm like. Join us. Super Don will give you a, a fighting chance to win something. <laughs> so you've got your trivia, which is fun. And we do get to give away a lot of cool stuff from our sponsors. And uh, I'm grateful to be able to say thanks to you for. So what, like, to us. like what, what kind of questions are we talking about here? Dude, we're talking about, uh, you know, is something monovalent, bivalent or trivalent? I mean, it's like, stuff like that. why would yeah. you even ask that question? Did people guess them? Oh, yeah, there were some smart people that got the answers, but they were stumping the PhDs, too. So it was like next level <laughs> trivia. That's no so, fun. Yeah, <clears throat> it, it was fun. I appreciated it as an egghead. But, dude, it was, man, not not the kind of thing I'm going to win uh, anyway. But it was fun. So you guys check out IPAC-EDU.org as well and uh, plug into the good stuff that's happening. IPAC and Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. Remember, this week we have special uh, Cyber Monday extended deals 
on uh, upcoming classes, 20% off of uh, the lectures on demand. Trinity Swag also discounts on the next Trinity Health Freedom Expo, the virtual expo, February uh, and Super Don, I keep meaning to ask you, if you please, if it's not already there, uh, put the Trinity uh, Virtual Expo up on our upcoming events tab so everybody sees it when they mm -hmm. go there. And uh, we'll be able to do a lot more with these events upcoming. Okay. Yeah, you got that. All right, cool. Uh, anyway, Dr. Hadar was awesome. She was sensational. Yeah. And uh, just, you never know, all these people that are great healers out there that we didn't know about. And then now we have more options out there. To help one another. Also, right before the show today, part of the reason I was so busy, uh, I got a little bit of a late start. Well, people uh, don't realize you showed up like five minutes before the show started. <laughs> yeah, today it wasn't one of those high-level preparation days for me because yeah. I, I was having to work. And I got to. Let me just say it this way. It's very exciting. Um, you got stuff week, going on, man. Next week, we'll be broadcasting live from the mountains overlooking Medellin in Colombia, South America. Because of the Mountains of Hope, healing retreat. It's a new healing retreat center and you're going to learn all about it. We've already done a little bit on it uh, with uh, Kimberly Overton, who was there a couple of weeks back and I'm going to be there. Dr. Artis will be there with his wife, Dr. Group. Uh, let's see who else will be there. I think Tim Ray is scheduled to be there and uh, what an amazing array of healers that we're going to be together. I'm going to bring my kids and we're going to experience what this is like to open up your options. It's called Mountains of Hope and the they have everything there. They have medical, and it's all holistic medical, but they've got doctors there to work with you. They've got various holistic modalities, all organic. They grow a lot of their own food right there. Uh, they've got uh, different things that are going to be occurring, yoga, uh, retreat stuff. I, I, man, I'm just blown away by what we're going to experience there. And I'm truly excited about being part of that. And I want to thank Laban and Anna Ditchburn for making me aware of it. And then for Brian Artis, Dr. Artis, for lighting a fire under my butt to say, you got to go. Cause I was Is like, that eh, Kimberly you know? Overton right there? Uh, it looks like Kimberly. Yeah. It kind of looks like her, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So they've, they'll, they, they'll, <laughs> they've got her up on the website. How cool is yeah. that? So they'll be adding some stuff. There'll be a lot of huh. video presentations going on from this. And you guys consider if you need that kind of healing uh, that we can't get yet in the United States, I hope and pray one day we can, uh, that the trip from Miami to Medellin is not too far, although getting to Miami, depending on where you are, is hard. <laughs> but we're going to do it, and uh, we'll be reporting live from that uh, next week, Tuesday through Friday, I believe, is our plan, uh, even though we're heading out. Friday, Monday will be a travel day. Uh, so that I still can't get over the fact that you're going to be in Colombia and broadcasting from Colombia. Yeah, we'll add that to the list of, of, of foreign uh, That's broadcasts. That's pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah, over the years. Uh, I've done, uh, let's see, from Thailand many years ago before you and I were hanging out together, the Holistic World Congress of Holistic Medicine. I had to pre-record there back when it were cassette tapes and send it back. It was wild. Uh, and then, of course, I've uh, broadcast from England. Uh, let's see, where else? I got to remember the places that I've been out of. Curacao? Curacao, that's right. Canada? Curacao, Canada. And I don't know that I did a broadcast from Jamaica that time we went to Jamaica. No, okay. you went to Jamaica, but you didn't. I don't think I'll you have broadcast. to change that. Next time I go to Jamaica to visit my best friend uh, that I have to broadcast from Jamaica too. That would be awesome. So we got really amazing stuff coming up in second hour. Uh, Bobby Ann Cox, if you know her attorney, I think we were at one of her first interviews, maybe her first interview when she sued uh, the governor uh, of this, you know, the quarantining of, of all New Yorkers at any anything. I mean, it's like, you want to talk about the emperor, you know, named the bad emperor. And uh, this is what Hochul wants to be able to do. Uh, so uh, Bobby Hancock sued. They won. 
And uh, then they uh, Hochul appealed and then they threw it out saying they had no standing to sue. Where does it go from here? We're going to get updates from Bobby and Cox today in hour two coming up. Also, uh, if you have questions or comments, please drop them in the chat room live or for later. And let's see what else we got. Vegetarian We've, diets. Oh, we go have got, yes. We go. I saw that story and I was like, you know, we got to cover this. Yeah. So our, our friend, our, our resident vegan. Yes. Uh, uh, Jim. Yeah. Uh, ho- hold on to your hat because <laughs> we've got a we've got a story at the end of the hour of hour two that uh, our vegetarian diet's better. Yeah. Uh, over here, here we go. What kind of trouble are we getting ourselves into here? I know. Also, Fauci believes in choice now. What the hell? Eh, that guy's weird. Anyway, we'll cover <laughs> that as well. But I thank y'all for being here. It's been a great, great opening hour, despite my lack of preparation because we had great guests and I have a great producer. And uh, appreciate y'all for being here once again. Please say thanks to our friends at foliumpx.com. Uh, uh, if you reach out, foliumpx.com, the, the folium, the original, the immuno, and the relax. This is the stuff that got my mom back on the dance floor at the age of 89. And we hope we are planning to celebrate with her her 90th birthday coming up in January. And may she dance into the new year as well. And thank you, Bobri, for your support of health, freedom, and healing liberty. Really appreciate you and so many others that stand up in, in, in righteousness, right? Health, freedom, healing, liberty. That's what the Robert Scott Bell Show is all about if you haven't figured it out. Or if you're new, I'll give you time. You'll get there too. In the meantime, Hour 2 is coming up. Bobby Hancock's returns to the Robert Scott Bell Show with important updates out of New York where I came onto this planet. Uh, I'm glad I'm not here, but I'm glad she's there fighting the fight. For those that are there that want to stay and fight, you want to listen to what Bobby Ann's talking about. So stand by for that and a whole lot more healing on the Robert Scott Bell Show where I remind you that the power to heal is yours. This hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show, attorney Bobby Ann Cox returns to talk about what's going on in New York State with Kathy Hochul's attempt to be able to round up anybody at any time and quarantine them. No, I'm not exaggerating. and Not at all. And she's a real warrior. Who, who was going to stand up and, and do this? She did. And we appreciate her very much. So we're going to get that update momentarily. Uh, but first, as we open up and, and you know talk about uh, the tyrants in government, they might be gov- a governor like Hochul, but they could also be the highest paid employees of the federal government, like uh, the so-called retired Anthony Fauci. And, you know, I'm a nice guy and all, but look at this guy. He's a disgusting human being. I'm just going to say it. You know, I've got something to tell me about it. I remember years ago going to a uh, naturopathic uh, conference. Uh, It was in New Hampshire, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, I was talking about various things as a homeopath would, the natural health and healing. And then I got into the scam of HIV and AIDS, you know, what, what that was all about. We'll, we'll cover that more in detail on HIV fraud day on Friday. But it, it wove right through Anthony Fauci, who promoted the use of AZT or AZT, a failed chemotherapy drug that was so deadly it was killing cancer patients. And then they repurposed it to kill people with no immune system. AIDS victims. And so this guy has been playing a a, a very dangerous game with the health of Americans for decades and decades and decades, which why why none of that surprised me when this happened in COVID. 
And then Bobby Kennedy came out with his book, The Real Anthony Fauci, acknowledging the work of, of great researchers like uh, Celia Farber and Liam Sheff and others, the things that we have been covering on the air for now, well, entering my 25th year next year. So now this guy is quoted to say, well, Americans should get to choose if they want to take the COVID vaccine. Well, pardon me for not giving a flip what this guy says about anything other than find a way to prosecute this man for thousands, if not hundreds of thousands or more murders, basically death by injection, death by drugs, remdesivir, et cetera. This man does not, I, I, you know what? I like to do an uplifting show and this is, you know, then you got to eventually cover things like to remind you that you don't worship people in government or don't worship people at all. I mean, if you have a religious view to worship, uh, you know, that's another thing, but please, there are no political saviors nor medical saviors. Don't worship homeopaths and herbalists. Recognize when I say the power to heal is yours, it's a direct power granted to you, given to you by that which created you. And that's not Fauci. That's not government. That is something far greater. God, creator, whatever you believe it to be. And we really fall down when we start looking at these people and idolizing them. Look, it's one thing to respect people that have achieved great things. But when you find out these people who have achieved what are considered great things, they're, they're not always good things. They're not always good things. In fact, they could be evil things. Like the forcing of kidney killing drugs on American people who were compromised during the COVID uh, crisis. That was not actually a viral origin in terms of a natural origin. Clearly it was not. And I don't know if anybody's arguing that, but there, there was the kind of thing that Fauci and others would dispute. Oh, there's no way it came from a lab or a lab leak, it came from a bat or a pangolin or something. I mean, these are the stories you hear and you wonder, how do we keep falling prey to authority or authoritarians that will come back out and go, but believe us this time, like the pig flu in the UK or the respiratory diseases among children manifesting in China. Now they're saying they're happening in Europe too. Treat them as they are toxicological and poison-like burdens on the immune system and the metabolic functioning of every cell in the body. And that it's affecting kids now tells you how effective they've been at weakening children through the use of vaccines, antibiotics, and various other drugs, psych psychiatric or others, none of which any child has a deficiency in. These kids need to be on organic, clean food. You need to support their liver just as our livers need to be supported. And look to doctors as a last resort or only a first resort when it comes to putting someone hit by a bus back together again or shot by a bullet. Allopathic medicine is the medicine of war. And it has a place, but in most cases, it is not appropriate. And that's where we need to bring on all healing to the fore. Homeopaths, herbalists, naturopaths, chiropractors. Yes, even doctors to compete in a free market and, and may the best best treatments win in a free market. Yeah, I know freedom. It's what they're telling you is the problem. Freedom caused this mess. We've got to clamp down and have more regulation. No, it is freedom that can free us from this mess. But if you don't believe in freedom, you believe in what? Necessarily, apparently authoritarian centralized bureaucracies to tell you how to live your life, what to eat, what not to eat, what to know and what not to know. And the fact that we can quarantine you whenever we want, and we don't even have to, to validate that you're sick or communicable in terms of an ability to breathe on grandma and killer, like they told kids in COVID. 
criminals they are. Fauci, a criminal. Yes, I stand by that statement. Yes, he's uh, he apparently not been convicted nor, uh, uh, let's say, uh, indicted, although I wish he w- would be. But again, I don't want to get distracted from the real reason we're here today, this hour. And that's to bring back attorney Bobby Ann Cox. We we were one of our first interviews, maybe in the first, I don't know, but back in the, when we first heard of this lawsuit against Hochul, the governor of New York, over the quarantine issue. And she was sensational then. She's sensational now. She's been fighting the good fight. And I want to make sure all y'all support her in whatever way we find out she needs help. And let's find that out right now. Let's bring Bobby Ann Cox back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Bobby Ann, welcome back. Yes, thank you so much for having me back. Well, it's so, so good to see you again. And, you know, we've been obviously watching your reporting on you, even when you haven't been here over the course of the case and your successes. And then, you know, just recently when we heard they overturned it by saying you had or those that were suing had no standing. I'm like, this can't stand and you're not letting it stand. I know you're going to continue fighting. So if you can give us the briefest of updates and then we'll talk more about the questions that have been you've been encountering since this has been going on and where we go from here. Here's the article in the Defender about the appeal that's planned. But Bobby Ann, I want to turn it over to you. Yeah, so it was a very disappointing ruling. Um, so for any of your viewers who are unaware of this quarantine regulation. Uh, Basically, we sued, my plaintiffs and I sued last year. Uh, My plaintiffs are a group of New York State legislators, Senator George Borrello, Assemblyman Chris Taig, uh, Assemblyman Mike Lawler, who's now Congressman Mike Lawler, uh, together with a a citizens group called Uniting New York State. And we sued um, over this horrific regulation, which was um, a total power grab Uh, You know, the governor and her Department of Health created this regulation that allowed her uh, and the Department of Health to pick and choose which New Yorkers they could lock up or lock down. Uh, They didn't have to prove you were sick. They didn't have to prove you were exposed to a communicable disease. Um, They could have locked you down in your home or they could have removed you from your home with the force of police and put you into a facility of their choosing. You had no say where you went. They decided how long you stayed there, and uh, there was no procedure in the regulation by which you could regain your freedom. So once they put you into quarantine, you couldn't try to negotiate your way out or, you know, hey, I'll take a test. I'll prove I don't have tuberculosis or whatever. No, there was none of that in this regulation. Um, And in fact, when we were before the trial court judge last year, this was last May, we had arguments in front of the trial court. He asked the attorney general point blank. He said, let's say you take a family and let's say you put them into quarantine somewhere in a facility somewhere or a hospital or something. Once they're in there, how do they get out? And, you know, the attorney general kind of thought about it for a minute and said, well, you know, I guess they could hire a lawyer and they could sue us, Mm. you know, so no due process protections in that regulation, no need to to have a court hearing, no need to have evidence against you. They didn't give you the right to an attorney until after you were locked up or locked down. I mean, it was completely totalitarian. And we got it struck down last year. The trial court judge struck it down, said, no, wrong branch of government. The governor doesn't have the power to make this regulation. They said it was a law that was disguised as a regulation, but only the legislature can make law, not the governor and her Department of Health. So it was struck down as a breach of uh, separation of powers uh, and the fact that it had no, no due process protections in there. But the governor appealed and we fought it out this year on appeal in the fourth Department Appellate Division for New York State Supreme Court. 
And the, the court just came out with a ruling about a week ago saying that, uh, no, you know, these plaintiffs don't have standing. They don't have the right to bring the lawsuit. So they didn't talk about the merits of the case at all. They simply said, we're not even going to get to the merits. We're just going to say, you never had the right to bring the case in the first place. And they threw it out on standing. So, so uh, it was the argument of this judge that until someone is harmed by an improper quarantine, uh, then and only then would you have standing to sue Hochul and the government? So that is what they're implying. In So it was a panel of judges that we argued before and decided the case. Um, five judges, all appointed by governors. Two of them were Hochul appointees. Two of them were Cuomo appointees. And one was a Pataki appointees. But they're all appointed judges. So the panel, uh, I have to say, it was quite shocking. The, the entire panel, all five, um, said that, in essence, if you wanted to bring this lawsuit the only people that would have standing would be people that were actually locked up or locked down pursuant wow. to this regulation, which is very erroneous, number one, because we weren't arguing that the regulation hurts somebody and their individual rights as far as being locked up against their will with no mm -hmm. due process. We were arguing separation of powers was breached. The wrong branch of government created that regulation. Yes, it had no due process, but, but the main argument was, no, you can't make this regulation because it's not a regulation, actually. It's a law. You had no authority to make this in the first place. And that's why it was struck down last year. So the fact that this court was saying there was no standing, it is, it's very bad case law. I mean, it, it is erroneous. It goes against what our Court of Appeals case law holds. Um and it, it needs to be overturned. It, it's really a dangerous decision, in my opinion. Well, and this is the case uh, of, uh, you know, it kind of reveals the concern that I have of going to the government to get the government to limit its own powers. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know what we're supposed to be able to use the courts for when there's truly an impartial series of judges or a jury of peers kind of thing. But you have in this case, five judges appointed by governors, previous governors, including the current one, that could not or would not touch the merits of the case, but they found the only way they could arguably very weakly. So uh, eliminate this uh, prohibition on the regulation is that we just dismiss it outright because you never had a uh, standing to sue. Now I'm just thinking, did they have a meeting behind the scenes to figure this thing out? Or did the attorneys for Hochul go, Hey, let's go with this case. Let's tell the judges that the real reason that we're here is because they shouldn't have the uh, right to sue because they have no standing. Was that the argument that was made? Cause I know it wasn't yours. Yeah. So the attorney general um, who is, who represents the governor and the department of health in this case, um, they did argue this, this standing argument last year as well. So they argued it last year at the trial court level. And then they argued, they argued it again here at the appellate court level. But, you know, last year at the trial court level, it was discussed. It was part of their oral arguments. It was in their briefs that were submitted to the court. And the judge asked questions about standing when we were having our oral arguments last year at the trial court level. But, you know, that judge issued his decision, a 14 page decision, which was very specific, very detailed and not one sentence in that 14 pages talked about standing because it was so obvious that my plaintiffs have standing. So the trial court judge didn't even address it. And then here you have the appellate court, all five judges saying, oh, sorry, no standing. And, and yeah, and they tossed the case. 
So now I have to appeal um, to the highest court in New York State, which is called the Court of Appeals, um, which mm-hmm. is, again, a panel of judges. This time it's seven judges. Um, again, all appointed by, you know, either the current governor or prior governors. Um, but yeah, this is this is what I'm up against. I mean, it's it's really dangerous to limit who can go into court and sue over violations of the Constitution. That should be, and, and it is typically, typically speaking, it is a very broad and general category. You don't want to mm-hmm. prohibit people from going into the court and saying, wait a second, hang on, you're violating the Constitution, and the Constitution is the highest law of the land. You want no. to encourage that kind of a, a, a discourse. You want to encourage that kind of a lawsuit because it preserves our rights. But here, this court is limiting very severely, limiting who can go into no. court and sue over something like this. Here, the court has upheld clearly the violation of separation of powers and basically an unconstitutional uh kingdom or monarchy basically by the governor to declare and set regulations for things that are patently obviously on their face so unconstitutional that you you could argue this um, in, in in the fourth grade class and they'll go yeah that that's not a power government has to do that and that branch can't do that uh so what was their only move i guess was this if they wanted to somehow make that power uh, available to them again we've got now uh, I don't know if you could say kangaroo court with this decision, but now you're going up to seven judges also appointed. Uh, I don't want to play worst case scenario, but at the same time, you you have to strategize and, and, and I guess war game or these things and say, all right, what do we go up there? What if they do the same thing? What's the rightful remedy that's left? You're going to ask a Democrat super majority to rule against the Democrat governor and the power that they've declared in, in a congressional session. Is that realistic? Is that the next phase after I just don't know. I'm just astonished by what we're witnessing. Yeah. So that was another thing that this court had put in their decision. You know, at the very end, they said, well, you know, in essence, you know, well, the New York State legislature could always legislate over this regulation. Right. But, you know, my response to that is, well, wait, hang on a second. We already have for 70 years in New York State, we already have a quarantine law. You know, most, if not all states do have quarantine laws, but our quarantine law in New York state, which was passed by our legislature in 1953, has a lot of due process protections, right? I mean, the, the number one thing that our law, not the regulation that Hochul made, but our law says is that the person has to first actually have the communicable disease that you're accusing them of, of having before you can even go to step number two they have to actually have the disease, right? It makes sense, doesn't it? But this regulation that, that Hochul and the Department of Health made, no, you don't have to be sick. You don't, even, you don't even have to have been exposed. It's just upon their suspicion. And it gives this tremendous power to unelected bureaucrats in the Department of Health. People that work in agencies are not elected. They are not beholden to the voters. They are not beholden to the people of New York State. They are simply working for the government. And so they just follow the orders that they're given. Those are not the people who should be able to issue isolation or quarantine orders without any proof that you're sick. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. This is why we have a legislature because in New York state, you get to vote for your state senators and your state assembly members every two years. If you don't like the laws that they're making, you vote them out and you get to do it every 24 months. 
But when you're talking about an agency like the Department of Health making an unconstitutional, horrific regulation, you can't vote those people out. They're not supposed to be making laws. So it's really, it's a very dangerous situation. I mean, we cannot have unelected bureaucrats in any agency, whether it's state level, local Mm -hmm. level, or even going up to the federal level. That's why the legislature makes the laws, not the agency department heads or the agency bureaucrats. Mm -hmm. It's not the way our constitution works. In my review of what you've done, you have a a very strong case on appeal, but again, the, the corruption within these judges is un, unknown. You know, I, I don't know that you expected that these five judges would rule that there was no standing based on arguments that were made before or, or during at that point. And, uh, you know, str- again, strategically moving forward. By the way, if you're just tuning in, Bobby Ann Cox, my guest this hour, uh, she has a, a, a substack, attorneycox.substack.com. We've got it linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com, including her latest Got Questions, I've Got Answers, Q&A on the, uh, the her quarantine lawsuit against Governor Hochul and her Department of Health, which is you know also kind of inappropriately named. There's no health involved in the Department of Health. It's about uh, you know Department of Tyranny at this point, uh, and people can review that and, and catch up even beyond what we're talking about today with Bobby Ann and giving us these updates. And I appreciate them so much. So strategically, the next phase is of course going to that higher appellate court. Uh, if they rule against it, there's nowhere to go. I mean, you you don't go to the federal government at that point, make it a federal issue, do you? So this case is really just state-based. It's state law, state regulation, state constitution, state governor versus state assembly members and a state senator. So everything is state-based. So it doesn't really, it's not really the type of case that the United States Supreme Court would get involved with, in my opinion. Um, Of course, I I am not an expert on the jurisdiction of the United States Supreme Court. As you're pointing out, that they would reject it on the basis, well, that's a state issue. Um, and And I realize that trying to remand something to federal court is also interesting because in many cases, the federal courts have this level of corruption in ruling in favor of government power, centralized bureaucracy. I'm not saying it happens every time, but then, you know, where are we left with the rightful remedy from the federal to the state level? We have the 10th Amendment where we can nullify or interpose. But now you're within the state of New York on what's a rightful remedy after you exhaust all of the, the judicial things. They say, well, it's the legislature. But you got the legislature, as you pointed out in, this, in the case, has already made, you know, the law about quarantining. And they just allowed the executive branch to override it with no vote, with no actual, you know, due process, if you will, much less the due process you don't get if you are thrown into a quarantine camp and then you got to hire a lawyer and sue the state. Then is there room for habeas corpus even without a lawyer? Can you demand to be like what is going on? Yeah, it's really it's astonishing. I mean, here in New York State, we have um, our New York State legislature. So our state Senate and our state assembly, it's a super majority Democrat. Um, and so, which basically means there's no discussion that goes on when, when laws are passed in this state. It's extremely, extremely dangerous, right? I, I mean, it really doesn't matter which political party has a supermajority. It, it's very dangerous. You have to have two sides of a conversation. You have to have some distribution of power so that there's a balance of power. And we don't have that in New York right now. Um, but my point is that you know, not one Democrat legislator in the New York State Senate or the New York State Assembly would even talk about this lawsuit for the past year and a half, going on two years that I'm working on this case. 
forget coming on the lawsuit as a plaintiff, forget writing an amicus brief in my favor. No, it has only been Republican legislators that have been involved. My All my plaintiffs are Republican. I'm not even Republican, right? I mean, to me, this is not a Democrat versus Republican thing. This is an American, this is a, a, a freedom, this is a constitutional preservation issue, right? But last year at the trial court level, an amicus brief was written by a group of New York state legislators to support my case. They were all Republican too. You know, so I kind of want to say, well, hang on a second here. How is a supermajority Democrat ruled uh, legislature going to get involved? They're not going to get involved. They don't want to get involved. None of them will even talk to me about the case. None of them have posted on their social media speaking out about this case that nothing are they afraid they, they that, that Hochul will, are they afraid Hochul will quarantine them i don't know i have no idea but it's you, very disappointing it you is think that one democrat would go hey this is wrong they could put me and they could put my family i mean they, that's it's cowardly to say it that's under an understatement yeah it's really disappointing and you know our our state's highest court the court of appeals it is a constitutional court. I mean, traditionally speaking, they it, it, it doesn't really matter if they're majority Democrat, majority Republican. They have typically traditionally upheld our Constitution and they have addressed many issues um, and, and very well. And, and they've written some very eloquent decisions and such. So I do have confidence in the Court of Appeals in New York State because, you know, those are jurists who are professional um, they've been on the bench a long time. They know the Constitution and they know the ramifications of ruling against the Constitution. So I do have confidence in them. Um, it's more an issue of, you know, first of all, this governor and her Department of Health never should have made this regulation in the first place. Right. Then we sue and we win. And then they use your tax dollars to file an appeal and fight an appeal which has gone for most of 2023. And now I'm going to appeal. And so now it's like, you know, it's such a waste of, of New York state taxpayers dollars because that's what they're using to fight me, right? <laughs> the attorney general has hundreds of attorneys across the state and, and, you know, all of our tax dollars to fight a case like this, that's not what they should be fighting. Where right? are the attorneys general of constitutional character to say we should not be defending this? This is clearly a violation of separation of powers, among many other things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like you said before, you don't have to even be an attorney to read this regulation and understand that it is grossly unconstitutional. Right. We, we do not live in a monarchy. We do not give power like that to lock people up or lock people down without a hearing, without the right to an attorney, without proof that they've done anything wrong, that doesn't happen in our country. And yet they had the audacity to make this regulation. And then once it got struck down as being unconstitutional last year, they have the audacity to fight on appeal, to get it back. I mean, it's really, it's it's mind boggling. It really is. So are you are you knocking heads with some good attorneys and others that have uh, you know some legal strategies at this point to counteract even the weirdest and most bizarre things that we, you know, wouldn't predict would happen. Like they rule, you didn't have standing. I mean, how absurd that is yet the, the judges have ruled it because I don't want to see this fail again. I know you don't either. And then again, what's the next remedy beyond a legislator? That's a supermajority Democrat talking point for Kathy Hochul at this point, who won't stand up. As you said, no Democrat would even, you know, go on record as going, Hey, yeah, this, this is a problem. This is wrong. Period. 
doesn't matter what party you're in. Yeah. So, you know, we have elections coming up again now uh, in 2024 here in New York State. So um, the every single member of the New York State Legislature, every single state senator, every single single state assembly member is up for for re-election in November, this coming November of 2024. And I think that this issue is going to be a major issue when those that are already sitting as senators and assembly members are trying to run and get reelected. Make them wear this, right? I'm sorry. Make them wear this. Like, you know, you you're behind this, wear it all the way to your loss. If that's the case But the question is, are the people of New York even awake for this? They keep voting in a supermajority of Democrats. Well, this is why, you know, I'm very glad to see this. This story is now getting a lot of press. Um, uh, whether it's a radio interview, podcast interviews, um, TV interviews, um, you know, written reports, um, people are blogging about it. it. It's going off on Twitter. I think one one man was tweeting about this case and it got over 8 million views. You know, I mean, it's really staring to um, generate a lot of buzz. And that's Finally what needs landed. to happen. Yeah. yeah. New Yorkers yeah. need to know what is going on. And, and everybody does, because you know what? If this can happen in New York State, it's going to spread. It's absolutely going to spread to other states. It might take some time, but it's going yeah, to spread. So this you know, is the inevitability of people in power. They want more power, not less. And that's why a written constitution was ratified at the federal level and guaranteed to every state. That's part of that. That limits government. It doesn't limit the people. You know, the Bill of Rights is not a granting of rights to the people. It's a restriction on the abrogation of those rights that are not exhaustive in enumeration in those first 10 amendments. But it's something that we've lost our way, you know, in many areas in America and particularly right now in New York State, unless the people wake up and maybe maybe it resonates enough to change. But in this last election cycle, what would you say trended? Did it was the same old, same old? Were there a few breakthrough Republican candidates that actually won? So um, this past November, um, not this past November, 2022, um, we did have statewide elections. Um, The governor was up for election. The attorney general was up for election. And um, every single state senator and state assembly member was up for election. And, um, you know, I I believe that the Republicans did pick up some seats um, in the New York State Assembly, um, some in New York City, which which was a surprise because the New York City area is typically very Democrat voting. Um, And the New York State Senate, they picked up a couple seats. So I think that people and actually um, so Lee Zeldin was the Republican candidate for governor against Kathy Hochul in 2022. And uh, he came very close. I mean, he, I believe the margin was like, he lost by maybe 300,000 votes, um, which is not much when you consider in New York state, we have 19 million residents, you know, so I don't know how many of them are registered to vote, but um, it was not a very large discrepancy. So he, he almost beat her. And, um, I think we're seeing that New Yorkers, and I know what I'm seeing because I do a lot of public speaking across the state, um, people are very upset where the government has reached into their lives and taken this attitude of like, you know what, we're going to do whatever we want, however we want, and, you know, catch me if you can. The government is doing things that they know they don't have the power to do, and they're saying, well, you know, come stop me right? Mm -hmm. Bring a lawsuit, 
Let's see what the court says. If the court tells me to stop, okay, I'll stop doing it. But if the court doesn't tell me to stop, I'm just gonna take this power that I gave myself illegally and I'm gonna keep it, right? So it's like this catch me if you can attitude. And New Yorkers are getting sick and tired of it. You know, they do not want the government uh, overbearing in their lives, telling them they can't do this, they can't do that, things that are absolutely unconstitutional. So I do think that this specific lawsuit, as well as some other issues going on in the state right now, are really going to have an effect in 2024 and the elections coming up. And I'm going to do my best to speak you know, far and wide about them because mm-hmm. it is not typically covered by the mainstream media. And because it's not covered by the mainstream media, most New Yorkers walking around doing their daily lives don't know what's going on. So uh, we just we just need to generate more buzz and and educate New Yorkers so that they they can get out and vote next November. Does anybody, Bobby Ann, does anybody encourage you to run for office at this point? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so many people have. <laughs> I'm sure um, of it. Yeah, no, I think I'm uh, I think I'm more effective uh, doing the work that I'm doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I actually am involved with a a new uh, nonprofit organization called Stop New York Corruption. And um, it it, it specifically is was formed to um, try to raise awareness and help your your, you know, standard New Yorker understand what is going on in Albany. Um, and, and we've been focusing mostly on this, um, gerrymandering case that's currently going on right now at the court of appeals, uh, which is not my case. I'm just, you know, the spokesperson for the group, but this, there are so many issues that are going on right now in New York that are unconstitutional. Um, and if the voters, I believe if the voters knew what was going on, that they wouldn't stand for this and they would say, absolutely not. And they would vote these people out. Because it's yeah. it, what is being done really is a violation of the Constitution, a violation of your rights. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the Constitution wasn't written to keep the people in check. You know, the Constitution was written to keep the government in check. Maybe you know, so people have lost wow. sight of that because, well, you know, they don't teach the Constitution in school anymore. No, you know, no. They, they no, don't want you to know what your rights are, because if you yeah. know what your rights are, then you're going to push back when they overstep. And they start abusing their power. So the great da- danger of centralizing education as well, federally and even on a, at a state level, which is a little better than federally. But uh, they teach the glory of government and that your rights come from government, and they're actually privileges at that point that can be, re- you know, basically uh, eliminated, as we find in the quarantine uh, regulation, uh, at the whim of a governor, uh, of a, a bureaucrat, or a, a dictator, if you will. And in this case, I'd like you to consider running only because you see that even with court victories, there are people in government that are willing to flout that and ignore it. And this is if you have not met my friend, Jonathan Emord, attorney, uh, he's known as the FDA dragon slayer. He's beaten the FDA back a world record eight times in court. And uh, even as they congratulated him on his eighth win, he, he was told, Jonathan, congratulations, you beat us. But I want you to know, this is the FDA talking, we will never, ever obey that court order. And it was basically straight up. We're not going to do it. And so he said, oh, this is not right. And he knows that even as he's successful as an attorney to win in court, he's got to do better. He's got to do something. And so he decided to run for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine, who ran with Hillary Clinton in the last election cycle. 
Uh, so for those of you who don't know Jonathan E. Mort and you too, Bobby Ann, if you can get to know him, he's a terrific spokesperson for the Constitution and committed to, to putting the government back in that constitutional cage. And I'd like to see him in the U.S. Senate along with uh, Rand Paul, Mike Lee and others that actually have some semblance of, of constitutional knowledge. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, that's what we need. We need more people who understand the Constitution, respect the Constitution, respect the will of the people. That's who we need sitting in these offices, whether it's Congress, uh, whether it's a governor's mansion, uh, whether it's your state legislature. You know, that's who we need. I, I, I've been saying this for you know a few years now that I've been giving these speeches. You know, we need to change the leadership at the top. Lawsuits are a good tool. Lawsuits do have a place. However, it's not what's going to help get the, everybody that this out of this mess that we're in, whether it's your state mess or it's your federal mess. You know, we need to change the leadership because that's who, when you have a leader that is not obeying the Constitution, that is not preserving and upholding the Constitution, it's a trickle-down effect. So everybody that works with that leader or for that leader or under that leader is going to be doing the same terrible unconstitutional things. So if we can yeah. change the leadership, we are gonna be in such a better place than we're in right now, that is for sure. Uh, you know, it starts local too. You know, people say, oh, well, you know, my vote doesn't matter and it doesn't count. And, well, you know, I live in such a Democrat town or a Democrat city or whatever. And I say, no, if you don't go out and vote and if you don't bring friends and family to go out and vote, then they win. They automatically win, hands down, without any sort of a fight whatsoever. You have to so vote. Bobby Ann, how do people support these efforts? Uh, maybe there are attorneys that want to donate time for the case. Maybe there are people that have a little extra money that say they're in New York and it matters to them a lot. I mean, what are the things that can be done to help in this next phase? Yeah, so um, great question. Thank you. Uh, definitely donations are welcome. I've been handling this case pro bono um, for almost two years now. So I do have a donate button that's set up on my website, um, which is coxlawyers.com. And that's C-O-X lawyers.com. Um, and if people can help spread the word, that is another really big thing that people can do to help. Um, you know, I do write a Substack, as you mentioned earlier. So if people go to substack.com and just search my name, uh, or you can go direct to attorneycox.substack.com. Um, you can sign up for my Substack. I write one article a week. It goes automatically into your email. And, um, you know, read it and then share it, you know, don't just delete it after you read it. If you share it with people, um, either post it on your social media or um, send it out in your email chats or your text chats with your friends and your family, I really could use the help spreading the word. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Uh, people can follow me on Twitter. My handle there is attorney underscore Cox, C-O-X. Um, I've been tweeting a lot about this case and um, the tweets do seem to be getting a lot of views, but um, I'm also being censored, absolutely <laughs> being censored. So um, the more people can help uh, by retweeting my tweets, or I guess it's X now, I guess it's not Twitter anymore, but um, you know, if people can help repost my messages and um, share and like, 
it's so important to help get the word spread um, and to try and break through that censorship wall that we're facing right now. Um, and people in New York, you can reach out to you know the governor's office and you can you can encourage the governor, hey, don't reissue this regulation because technically, thanks to this court decision, the governor and the Department of Health could just go and reissue the regulation anew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So people can speak up and they can say, look, I, I don't approve of this regulation. I do not want this reissued. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of things people can do. And if you go to my website, uh, coxlawyers.com, you can read more about this case. Um, I have a lot of videos posted there and articles I've written or articles that um, other news outlets have written. So, um, you know, get informed, stay informed. It would be so helpful. Well, I appreciate all your efforts and you're doing a lot of work on your own. But again, you're not on your own. There are some folks coming up, stepping up, and I'd like to see more people do that. And I just tweeted today's show on X slash Twitter. That's been broadcasting because I didn't know we weren't connected yet on Twitter. So now we are. So I tweeted that to you so you can share it to the folks that follow you and let them hear this interview. So they know the depth of your understanding, the breadth of the issue and the impact all around the country, not just in New York State. Yes. Thank you so much. I really I appreciate your help. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, It's really so wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate what you're doing. Anytime you need to get the word out. You just give us a call. We're, we're here for you and the people in New York, even though I left it many years ago when I was a kid. But for those of you who are making a stand there like Bobby and Cox, we're rooting for you and we'll support you any way we can here. Yes. Thank you so much. I have a wonderful team helping me out. And, uh, you know, all of my friends and contacts in the media, you're you're just so wonderful. I really I appreciate it so much. All right, Attorney Bobby Ann Cox here on the Robert Scott Bell Show once again with an update. Check out her Substack, her links. They're all in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com, November 28th, Tuesday. And uh, we'll, we'll obviously, even if she's not here, we'll be covering this case from afar. And anytime she's got some updates, we're welcoming her to, to let loose on them on this show. And uh, again, support her, support the good people that are deciding to run for office that have constitutional integrity that you know personally. That's the thing. It's not enough to say, oh, I hear they sound good. Get to know them like I have in the case of Jonathan Emord, emord4va.com. Check that out as well. All right. Super Don, we're in the home stretch here. We've got some time. Not only do we have a controversial discussion of diet, that is what you eat, uh, but we also have a follow-up question. You remember yesterday in the bonus round, you weren't sure if uh, Alexander Alex was listening. Apparently he was, and uh, he has a follow-up. And I assume Alexander is a boy's name, you know, but uh, you never know today, but one, one would think here. Yes. I don't have this to show on the screen, but I can, we can just read it here. Uh, and, and the original question was about a dog mm-hmm. uh, that had been diagnosed with, I think, breast cancer, right? Yeah, apparently. Yes. Uh, and wanted to use silver. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the follow up here, you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So Alexander, Alex, uh, thank you for your answer. And thank you for being kind and caring. I was wondering about what you said about homeopathic arnica, hypericum, and bellus. Bellus, bellus perennis, B-E-L-L-I-S, not bellus. But uh, yes, I see it. Yeah. Uh, Alexander uh, says, "How do I use? How do I use these? And what dosage?" All right. So briefly, Super Don, I'll, I'll break in there, and then we'll go yep. to the rest of the question. Uh, homeopathic medicines are you know, more critical is the right remedy. Of course, we can get into arguments about potency. I try not to, but whatever you can get. 
homeopathic arnica usually comes in medicated pellets, which are either lactose, sucrose, or a combination of the two. Um, and, you know, you could put a little bit in their water and give them the water uh, orally. Uh, there are combination formulas for injury, kind of like a Bach rescue, which is a flower essence, but homeopathically that address injury associated with severe interventions, uh, surgeries, et cetera. So you might find a complex of those remedies and more. That's fine too. And administer them as long as there's evidence of pain, swelling, inflammation, and you want to increase recovery, deal with shock of tissue and just emotional shock to all of these things that are occurring. So look for the homeopathic forms of those. You can find them in health food stores. You can find them online. And uh, whether they're single ingredients or complexes for injury, get it in that dog as often as possible. You can't harm them with it. All right. Uh, Alexander continues. Uh, silver only causes pure cells to form. Got it. But could it cause the missing breast tissue to start growing back? I'm afraid that that would complicate things. Okay, so local application of silver helps to facilitate accelerated regrowth of healthy tissue, not disease tissue, not cancerous tissue, not scar tissue. So there is no downside to utilizing silver locally when you have the right form, bioactive forms, topically or the gel, it's not going to promote the growth that would be complicating things or making things worse. Healthy new tissue is all, but it's not going to stimulate regrowth of aberrant or abnormal tissue. All right. Uh, moving on. Also, any advice on hypertrophic lumpy scars that you have uh, that you have? I would uh, highly appreciate any form of treatment you suggest. Okay. So uh, this comes to copper. Copper is the systemic uh, mineral for inflammation and scar tissue uh, reduction, scar tissue reduction. Silver works with uh, immediate recent tissues in that regard, topically, preventing them from occurring often. But copper is when it's already happened or it's happening, then you want oral use, systemic use of the bioactive copper hydrosol. This would be the sovereign copper, which you can get. I think we have it linked up. There's a, even a special bundle deal that might still be going on at robertscottbell.com where you can order it. And as far as uh, uh, Thuja is another one, T-H-U-J-A, it's another one of the homeopathic hits we've done. And if you go and you want to learn about them, uh, Super Don has made a special tab for all the homeopathic hits. You can download PDFs for free. If you'd like to talk more, then become a patron supporter. And join us tomorrow on our AMA. And there are a lot of animal lovers in our group, some with great experience in working with some of the things we've done here. So join us uh, as a Patreon member, supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show. And uh, 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, November 29th, we'll be on Zoom for a couple hours. Just click and on the banner over there. at the website, Patreon. Yeah. And become a patron supporter. That would be great as well. Yep. Uh, as far as other uh, vets, um, yep. Dr. Marlene Siegel, pascovet.com was the one I remember. I think she's now Dr. Siegel or Dr. Marlene Siegel.com, but she's out of Pasco County, north of Tampa, but she does remote telemedicine too, I think. Uh, that's one. There it is. Thank you. Uh, and there are others, but uh, I know her personally. So if that's someone you want to reach out to, Alexander, by all means, uh, go online and, and reach out and tell her Robert says hi. <laughs> so how do I, like I come that. a Patreon? Alexander wants to know. Just click on the banner. Uh, in fact, you know what? Here, let me just make it easy for you. Here. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just drop, drop it the in link there. in there. If you go to robertscottbell.com, there are banners for all kinds of good things that we support, including supporting us. And if you just click on that banner of Patreon, uh, you can become a, a supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show directly and join us once a month for an AMA and get a little extra attention as we do our Zoom live where we can see one another and help one another. And it's a community of people that 
are so amazing. It's not just me and Super D. It's all y'all that are participating that have helped one another so much. And I appreciate that. It makes my heart happy. So that is, we'd love to meet you there. Um, Did you find the link to drop in? There we go. Okay. You got it? It didn't, it didn't go through the first time. There's some gotcha. funk, something funky going on there with, with Restream. Okay, okay. So now let's go to the most controversial topic we ever covered. And that is what <laughs> you should eat. How you should eat, right? Uh, it isn't even the discussions of reincarnation that are so controversial. I know, right? You thought that was controversial. Being a vegetarian or a meat eater or a vegan. Now, granted, Super Don, remember, veganism is a philosophical or religious belief in not harming animals or using animals. So it's not only about the Let's health. Let's just say, yeah, it's an ideology. Right, exactly. So yeah. we want to acknowledge that as we discuss this next article that might be upsetting to vegetarians. Not, uh, This is just not us. Don't <laughs> yell at us. This is a, Well, look, look, we'll be fair. We're going to yeah. be fair and objective with this because it, your first reaction, here, here it is. There was a study, and this actually was not just some run-of-the-mill uh, fly-by-night study. This is, this is a very large scale, as they say, study on eating vegetarian diet mm -hmm. and they found apparently in the results here that there was no mortality benefit from eating vegetarian in the u.s and before you go oh well, <laughs> uh i mean i looked at this and uh -huh. the numbers on here they had a total of 117,673 participants mm -hmm. so you can't say it's a small study this is this is huge. Now, granted, all the participants in here, this is all done by a diet history questionnaire. So right. you could criticize some of the method here and say, well, this was all self-reporting, so people could have lied. It's not going to be 100%. But when you have numbers that big. Yeah. Uh, it kind of works it, through the confounding factors, potentially. It kind of does when yeah. you look at the margin of error, right? Right. So anyway, uh, they found that all-cause mortality, uh, there there was not a a – a difference uh, in uh, for between people that were vegetarian mm -hmm. or people, very, you know, various different uh, versions of that. You had a lot, you know, lacto and ovo vegetarian, yeah. uh, pesco vegetarian. I mean, how many vegetarians are there? 0.1% vegans. Wow. Not a lot of <laughs> vegans in this. Well, I don't know really, honestly, what's the difference? I mean, you know, the only difference between a vegan and a vegetarian that I understand is that the vegans uh, don't uh, want any, you know, it's more of like a... Uh, no animal product. Yeah. A vegetarian might be able to eat cheese and milk. Right. So that's not what a vegan does. Right. So there's so, not a whole lot of difference, but... Well, some would argue that's significant, but okay. Okay. Uh, but the study significance, it says no significant impact of vegetarian diets on all-cause mortality risk was observed in the U.S. population of middle-aged and older adults. Over 90% of the study population identified as omnivores, whereas the remaining study participants self-identified as lacto and ovo vegetarians, pesco vegetarians, or vegans. And after adjusting for socioeconomic and lifestyle factors and comorbidities, no significant differences in all-cause mortality risk were observed between omnivores and vegetarians. Now, this is problematic because, again, the vegetarians will say our diet is superior, right? Mm -hmm. And the vegans will say, well, it's even more. But again, I give the vegans a special segment of, of reality because it's a philosophical religious view on not harming animals, whether it's a, a view that the diet is better for their health or not. I mean, you know, again, you can get into those discussions well, and, and look at it this way. Let's say, let's say this is accurate. Mm -hmm. You don't have to feel bad because 
let's say that if you ate vegetarian or you ate, uh, you ate it, you were a carnivore, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you could live the same exact number of years, uh, but you could be healthier, right? I mean, that is, that is something you could, way you could look at it. You could say, listen, okay, I didn't live any longer than you. But I was healthier than you, and I well, felt and, better and than you. They didn't and, look at that. They looked right? at all cause mortality or mortality issues. So, uh, right. and here I'm not telling you your diet is wrong unless it's not organic. That's it. Period. And then you figure it out from there. And I respect the choices you make. You know, for those of you who are vegan and have a fundamental philosophy of not harming animals, I'm not going to argue that. I just that you know, as I said before many times, as a homeopath, I don't have the luxury of having a philosophy like that because what if I determine that that person in their body needs some animal protein or liver or something in order to live and not die? I am not going to hold fast to a vegan philosophy, even though I respect it immensely. That's not, you know, as a, as a healer, if you will, I, I can't afford to do that. Now, some people are vegans and they believe everybody should be for health reasons. I think that is a, a weak place to be in terms of argument because there's evidence that shows a wide variety of diets could be beneficial and or same diet could be detrimental. Well, and the vegans, it's a moral issue. Right, an exactly. Issue. So I yeah. make that distinction. And so yeah. you hear me that I'm not yelling it and screaming at anybody who has a different belief about diet, but right. just trying to be pragmatic and practical. About the bottom line, you know, it. the bottom line is just do what's right for you. And, you know, yeah. I wonder, you know, you've got all these labels for, you know, vegans and vegetarians and whatever like that what's what's the label for somebody who eats just all organic or, uh orthorexic and oh that's a mental illness yeah i know but well, uh, that was the the dsm trying to make yeah uh, is there is, is there a, a label for somebody who just eats clean and, and organic i don't know y'all come up with one how come you don't get a label well how about hey you know what call that diet rsb approved how about that <laughs> Step and I, you know, figures the one day that Jim, the veg, the vegan, uh, uh, is not watching the show is when we oh, talk man. about this. We right? miss him on this one. Yeah, we miss him on this one. Oh well. Anyway, folks, and and uh, Diana makes a, also a very important point for those that are vegan and eat only vegetables. Many critters are killed in the veggie fields as well. Yeah, there's just no way around it. Ted Nugent, uh, yeah, talks about that in a very colorful way as he does everything else. Mm-hmm. He did an interview with Joe Rogan and, and that topic came up because, and I've, I've mentioned this before, his son is vegan. Yeah. Ted, Ted Nugent's son is vegan. And I he mean, hasn't disowned him? How can you have two complete opposites right. of the, <laughs> on the, uh, the, the spectrum there? So. Amazing that. Anyway. All right. Let's take a break. Yeah. Bonus round coming up, y'all. Thank you to Bobby Ann Cox. Thank you to Dr. Hadar. She was wonderful in the first hour. If you missed any of it, rewind, go back, replay it, and share it. And join us tomorrow on the Zoom AMA. Become patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Links are up. And by the way, yes, I have taken some CBD, organic, U.S. grown from Nutritional Frontiers. You can use the code RSB15 to get through some of these topics are pretty intense. And I appreciate our Nutritional Frontiers friends. You can double dip with the RSB15 code. We'll be back after this with the bonus round because the power heal is yours. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an old one. I forgot. I just noticed that. I haven't updated that in a while. Yeah, I think that's an update that needs to happen. We're uh, Ask RSB on Twitter or X, and Instagram is Ask RSB. Our our social media guru Mm -hmm. made that change, which I think that was a good idea. It was good. Yeah, Ask RSB if you'd like to follow us there. All right. So follow us on Twitter. Yeah. 
There you go. At Ask RSB. Not RS Bell Media anymore. Okay. All right. Got that? Good. All better now. All right. All better. No, it wasn't because it still says RS Bell Media. <laughs> what are you talking about? You put that up. It, no, dude, it that's, okay. that's, that's because we're both logged in and, and your, yours doesn't catch up on, on changes when I do it immediately. You calling me slow? Your computer's slow. <laughs> it was yesterday, too. You it's kept true. harassing me. I, I was taking a break, sitting on the weird. couch, watching a TV show with my wife. Yeah. And you're like, the image well, on the show says not right. Hey, you I'm can't like, yes, your, it is. It, no, can't. no, it's still not right. Yes, yes, it is. I get up, you go in there, come back in here, this. taking screenshots, showing you, yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. <sighs> it was my wife that brought that to my attention, <laughs> or I would probably not notice that anything. I'm so like, what do you want me to do? Have it notarized and mail it to you so I can oh prove to you gosh. that? No, no see what happens, and some yep. of some other uh, other people may run into this problem. Yeah, that if you go over to our website, sometimes. And you go to see what the show notes are. It may show yesterday's show notes. And it's like, why is that doing it? And it's your browser cache is what it is. And it's just it's just a glitch in, in your internet browser. Um, because what you can do is you can switch over to a different browser and, and, and look at it. And then it'll show up fine. So it's, it's just a computer glitch is all it is. Yep. Sorry about that. But then again, I, I'm, just, yeah, I'm just giving you a hard time. But You are. It was, it was just funny because I was just sitting on my phone. I'm like... Really? Come on, dude. So, <laughs> I'm such a yeah, hard ass in that regard. But anyway, thank you for, for figuring it the, out. The things we do. The things we do. So, all right. All right. Well, hey, good show today. Uh, thank you all for participating in various ways and sharing the show. We've got uh, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, opening up with uh, Judy Mikovits, Dr. Judy Mikovits, and our friend Bobby Oren from Folium. But it's always great to hear from Dr. Judy. She's amazing. And then uh, in the second hour, uh, we've got Zen Honeycut. I mean, what a, what a great, awesome lineup for tomorrow. I hope March is tuning in tomorrow because March has been She's advocating fan. for having Zen back on the show for yeah. months. And so, Marge, if you're listening, tomorrow, tomorrow yeah, we've got Zen us. Honeycut on. Please join us. Uh, let's see what else we got the rest of the week. We got Thursday. We should have Jonathan Emord live again on uh, the Sacred Fire of Liberty hour on the 30th. And Dr. Kim Thor, second hour, who's a DC, she's a dynamo. And then looks like Karen's shown on, uh, let's say, Friday. Oh, also, I think I saw another Bobby in the audience today. Let me see if I'm going to scroll back up and see. Bobby Russell, are you there? Yes. Uh, Bobby has been on before uh, over the years, especially uh, on the, the World AIDS Fraud Day, HIV Frauds Day. And it's the 1st of December on Friday. So, uh, Bobby, let's get your email so we can do an invite for you to join us on the show. Bobby Russell goes doing. way back, dude. I know. Goes way back. Years ago. Great. I remember yeah. talking with him. So I think it would be great to hear from Bobby, get an update from him after yeah. all these years and not doing drugs that big pharma and Fauci said you have to do. And uh, it'll be a good reminder or for those that have not encountered this, a good learning experience on World HIV AIDS Fraud Day. So we called it. So we've done some good shows on that. I always think of Liam. Liam on that one for sure. Yeah. But we've had how many people in the, the so-called dissidents within the scientific and medical oh, community? Yeah. Well, yeah we, Christian Fiala, 
Uh, let's see who, what are her names? Uh, Harvey Bialy, Peter Duesberg, of course. Peter Duesberg, yeah, is the yeah. one I was trying to think of. Is, and, is he uh, still doing still doing his thing? Stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah David Rasnick. Uh, let's see who else. Gosh, there's so many people. Uh, Joan, say, Joan uh, what's her name in England? Uh, Joan, uh, I want to say London, but that's not it. Shenton? I'm thinking England. Uh, Joan Shenton, yes. Yeah. He did it. Joan Shenton as well. Uh, of course, Celia Farber. Uh, and, you know, we've had many. God, there's people. somebody else that's, that's like right on the tip of my brain here that I'm trying mm -hmm. to think of her name. We had her on. And I think she used to talk about doing the MMS stuff, I think. Mm. Or, or there was, they would say bleach, oh, but it was. Sessions way back when on MMS and, and so-called AIDS, HIV stuff. What was her name? Carrie something or? Oh, uh, Carrie Rivera. Rivera, that's right. Yeah, but she was more talking about autism and other things. Okay. Maybe that too, but I, that's my memory for Carrie. Uh, uh, okay, all right. That's going way back in the memory banks. Yeah, yeah, you are tracking it back. So anyway, we've got a lot, a lot coming up. And then uh, who knows what the Sunday conversation will be before we head to Medellin, uh, Colombia, for a broad, special <laughs> live broadcast next week from Mountains of Hope Healing Retreat. Uh, totally stoked about that. And we'll be reporting live from that. And if it's a, Medellin. you know, a, a vision that you have to attend or be at one of these things, we'll get you a discount code or something. Uh, I know that, the, you know, investing in your health, not everybody can do it to that level, but Hey, if you're getting the call, find a way, just don't be the obstacle. If, if you need the healing and God wants you to get it that way, just be open to gifts. Who knows how they happen. And, and, you know, there are folks that uh, have a lot of means and are wealthy and often will be able to t afford trips like that or, can donate to others because you know, that's the guy that Mike that developed this was he was donating because he's a wealthy uh, businessman philanthropist and that's we'll hear more about his backstory how he was giving money to people to get cancer treatment the best of the best and it was killing them and that's how he woke up to the scam of oncology and modern medicine he said I got money I got to do this better and I think they'd like to set these things up all over the place. And I'd love to see that happen. More opportunities for healing. So I'm, ex again, genuinely excited about that. So, so what okay. else have you got? Fooey. Uh, I don't know. Fooey? Fooey. <laughs> Did you say fooey? Why? I said fooey. I don't Hong know. Hong Kong fooey. Elizabeth Eli, Eli, Eli? Yes. Bobby, that's right. Joan Shenton. Yeah. How Bobby about, uh, people. How about uh, Tommy Morrison's uh, wife Trish or girlfriend, Morrison. Trisha. Trisha yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, that was another player in that. Yep. Uh, so many over the years. Yeah. So let's see what else we got. Trinity's got uh, deals going on. Uh, Nutritional Frontier still got a fifteen percent line drive on everything. So the thirtieth, yeah, two more days. Down, man. Double dip. RSB fifteen. Get you some uh, uh, organic quality CBD hemp that we utilize here. Get the uh, um, the super creatine. Get the DMG, the inner DMG lozenges, counteract all the nasty glyphosate and other things, and more. And there's so much good stuff that they have. I'd love for you to avail yourself of everything Nutritional Frontiers delivers. So, Well, I got nothing going on over on Rumble. Okay. It's quiet on Rumble. There's a lot of people watching. Yeah. Thank you for being here and watching. Jim Garrigus uh, checked in, said hello. Hey, Jim. How you doing, buddy? Said thank you for uh, joining. That's uh, right. We did the clubhouse meeting of, of the IADFW continue on the legacy of Dr. Rasha Bittar last night. <clears throat> Man, I was exhausted by that time that one hit because I had like different meetings and presentations all day, it seemed like, beyond the show. 
And then uh, in the evening, I did mention, Bobri, if you're watching, as always, uh, the folium was part of my discussion to the group on Clubhouse, Dr. Batar's group. So you might get some calls and requests about folium from them. And I appreciate that very much. David Crow was another one that has, has, mm-hmm. is no longer with us. David Crow was another name that we had on years past. He had the Rethinking AIDS website. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Did we ever have the Perth group on from Australia? I think we might have one time a very scientific argument about the non-existence of HIV very, very many years ago that we covered. But there are so many shows we did. I wish we had all of them back. We lost. There, Some of them have been preserved and are still up in places. We don't even know. Other people have posted them and stuff. Yeah. 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 Yep. So maybe we can get those. Leslie, Super Don, do you have time for a call after the show? Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Okay, good. Hi, Leslie. Yeah. I saw that they put this huge beam. This. Do you want that I, to be a conference call with Robert? Well, yeah, probably should. Do you need me or she wants to, She wants to, yeah, she wants to talk about the uh, the reunion coming up, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, let's see what else. Let's so we'll wrap it up here. All right, tomorrow, Judy Mikovits, Bob Reeves, and Honeycutt. Great show already planned for tomorrow. And... Yep. What else? Oh, yeah, I think we're good. I mean, if I y'all want, if y'all ain't got bringing anything, we already answered some questions that you delivered to us live on the show. If you got nothing else, then we'll see you tomorrow, and then we'll have extra time tomorrow on the Zoom AMA. Yeah. Bobby celebrated his 10-year anniversary for remaining treatment-free. Yeah. Congratulations, Bobby. Yeah, we Let's need see, to have you on Friday. What do we got, do we got so. for uh, Bobby? There we go. Yeah. So... Do we have the first hour or second hour open on Friday? I don't know. Let me look at the calendar here. Okay. You don't know by just like asking? You just instantly have that I information? No, I don't know what I did yesterday. <laughs> uh, can, uh, yeah, yeah. Just Karen. We've got Karen shown in hour one. So hour two is open. So the second like. hour. Um, yeah, second yeah. hour. So Bobby, that would be, uh, I, don't, I don't remember what time zone you're on, but it so would So we're going to get Bobby Russell on on Friday? Second hour, yeah. All right, I'll block it out right now. And we need to get his email so we can send him the link. I'll bet you I have it. Yeah, probably do. Let me see here. Maybe not. No, I, I misspelled it. I put booby instead of Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bobby. Oops. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Bobby Russell. Maybe not. It's been a while. So um, shoot me an email, Bobby. Eastern time zone. Okay. So ask, yeah, that'll be the ask RSB, A-S-K-R-S-B at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. That way I've got your email and then I can, uh, I'll, sh- I'll get you the info for, for Friday. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Let's do this thing. Let's uh, take a break, come back, God willing, less than 22 hours from now. Thank you all for being here. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to Super D. And uh, appreciate you so much. And like I said, thanks for the opportunity to share some some good news for a change in the midst of some stuff that you look around and you go, uh, I like to think that you can be here and go, you know what? I'm going to feel a little better about the world when I'm tuning in to the Robert Scott Bell Show with Super Don. We try. Is that too much to ask? We try. Yeah. And join us um, on the Zoom AMA. Become a patron to, between now and tomorrow, and you can join us live at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific after the show tomorrow. 
I'll end, we can end here with uh, with a joke that I heard yesterday. Um, why can't you hear a pterodactyl going to the bathroom? Because it's extinct? No, because the, the P is silent. <laughs> okay. <laughs>